You're listening to The Shine Podcast. Whether it's business or personal growth, we believe in shining bright, encouraging women through conversations, tips, tricks, and resources along the way. Keep shining with host Shauna Starr, business owner, photographer, pink hair enthusiast. When she's not working, you can find her at the gym, the beach, or with her little dog, Murphy. Hope you're ready to smile, sparkle, and shine. Today on the show is especially exciting for me because I have one of my dearest friends, mentors, and photography nerds who has taught me so much in both friendship and business in the last, ooh, decade. And I cannot wait for you to hear some of the things that she has to share with you from tools to starting a photography business, insight to her story, and resources for you along the way. Okay, so Danette, I am so excited to have you here today, and I feel like we already could chat forever, like I said before I hit record, about business. So I already know I want you back sometime to chat about it again, but (laughs) when I started writing about photographers first starting out and starting over as well, I knew I had to ask you to be on the show because you honestly helped me so much more than you even know, and I know I annoyed you for years about learning. So um, (laughs) now as a friend and stalker, I know how incredibly talented you are, but will you talk a little about you and your business, your clientele and all things you? (laughs) Uh, Yes, I will. I don't know where to start. I am uh, me and I love photography and I turned it into a business and it has been an adventure of ups and downs and learning um, for the past uh, I don't know, 12 years, Mm. I think it's been. Okay. Yeah. And talk a little bit about how you got started in it, because I know you've moved a couple times and have just grown so much. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah. uh, So I've I've always had a creative mind. So I always knew that a normal nine to five job was not going to be good for me. Mm -hmm. It was not going to be what fed me. And so I loved, uh, anything creative, you know, as a kid, I was into, you know, magic, which is not nerdy at all. And, (laughs) (laughs) and as I got older, I I was really into music and wanted to be a rock star. And then I also got into photography as like this kind of creative outlet because, you know, I had to express myself some way because people didn't get me. Um, and so there was a point where I knew that I, I either wanted to go into music or I wanted to go into photography. Uh, And I just felt like, and you know, I, maybe I don't recommend this to people, but I just felt like photography was the more plausible of the two, you know, follow your dreams. But I felt like uh, photography was going to be something that I could pursue right now, you know, in the moment, (laughs) not magic. It changed from magic. (laughs) There was a point where my parents were very much like, you could be, a guitarist who levitates people. And that was like their serious, <laughs> they, they were not joking, but uh, no, I didn't, I didn't end up doing that sadly. Um, and so I chose photography and that's when I decided to do an internship in Chicago. And that was like my first serious step into photography and um, learning that, I could do a business. Mm -hmm. And so I did, I did that. I did my little internship in Chicago, um, with a photographer named Sarah Barlow, who is amazing and very, very successful now. Mm -hmm. Um, and she gave me my first taste of being an actual professional photographer and what that all entailed. Cause up until that point, I just took pictures and I wasn't, into business. I wasn't into branding and I wasn't into technique, um, or any of the technical stuff. I just had a camera and knew I liked it. 
and um, knew that I liked when me taking pictures made other people happy. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I started. And it started like my, my, my wedding photography business started out very just like word of mouth. And I think maybe that's how a lot of people get started in mm-hmm. businesses. You, your friends and family talk about it. They're like, oh, hey, I know a photographer. <laughs> They're great. Um, yeah, they are great. <laughs> and and so it, I was really lucky because I, I had gone to college on the East Coast but lived on the West Coast. And so I had a lot of friends all over the country who were getting married. And so my business first started out as a like really a destination a wedding photography business. And so I was flying all over the country right off the bat to do, you know, friends weddings. Mm -hmm. Um, and then that's when I moved to Las Vegas from New Mexico Mm -hmm. and that's, you know, leading up to how you and I met. Um, but when I moved to a new city, I was scared to still run a business. Mm -hmm. So, um, I was going in on a house. It was going to be the first time I had a mortgage in a new town where I didn't have a client base and I couldn't depend on word of mouth. And so that's when I decided to try working at a wedding chapel. Mm-hmm. Now, <laughs> you've told uh-huh. this story before, but when you tried out to be a photographer, <laughs> what did you do for that tryout? <laughs> Gosh, it's been so long. Um, I forgot. So I really wanted to impress the wedding chapel because all I knew about the wedding chapel was that they had their own reality TV show. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And I thought it would be like, so cool to be a photographer there. But I was so scared. I was not going to be impressive enough to be a photographer. (laughs) And really, truly at that point, I didn't have a great portfolio. Like I had a bunch of friends weddings Mm -hmm. and you know, like when you're first starting out, you're not getting high end weddings. You're getting, you're getting friends weddings in their local church, which is not super pretty, but sentimental to them. And then their, their reception in the church's gym, you know, yeah, right. Oh, absolutely. Spot on. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so that's like my portfolio and I didn't have great equipment. I had a Canon rebel. I had the kit lens, um, and a bunch of cheap lenses. And so I was really nervous. And so I like, Oh, and I didn't even live in Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <Yeah. laughs> I didn't, I still lived in New Mexico and my moving to Las Vegas was going to be contingent on if I could get a job. Mm -hmm. And so I drove out to Las Vegas. I like booked an appointment with the chapel to interview and I called a lens rental place, rented a (laughs) 70 to 200 (laughs) lens to look more legit and totally lied and said I lived in Las Vegas and you know I'm so thankful for this opportunity yada 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 (laughs) (laughs) and so yes if you're looking to get into photography lie lie great that's That's the best (laughs) advice and tools and resources yes yeah (laughs) yeah Um, but there actually is an element of truth to that and it is to pretend until you make it like Mm -hmm. fake it till you make it right and that is an actual element of of any business is to portray this confidence that you don't necessarily feel yourself, but can convey to other people so that they have confidence in you. And, and then it's like this weird cycle of if they have confidence in you, you actually gain confidence and then you become what you wanted to be in the first place. Right. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's what we, what people can learn from that. But uh, yeah, so I totally did this interview and what they did was they actually have you come in and shoot weddings. Did, is that what they did for you? Mm-hmm. Like they, 
to like your onboarding, like, let's see if you can actually do this. And, um, I totally, I didn't know what anybody was talking about. I remember one of the photographers was like, you need to, uh, I, I shot in raw, but the chapel shot in JPEG because they had such a high volume. And that to me was like, so sacrilegious. And I remember one of the photographers being like, no, you need to change your settings to JPEG smooth. And he kept saying that JPEG smooth. I don't remember the smooth what? part. That's good to know. What the heck? And, and <laughs> I don't know why he felt like he needed to say the word smooth. Like, and he did like a hand gesture too, like smooth. Just imagine <laughs> a hand gesture with that. I can. I totally and, can. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. J- JPEG smooth. Uh, I-, I know what that means. <laughs> you know? No clue. Like, that's how much I didn't know anything. I remember them being like, you need to recharge your batteries. Just stick them in the charger. Well, I didn't have rechargeable batteries. So I'm like, oh, I can recharge my batteries and cool. stuck it in the charger. And then they exploded. No, my, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, during my interview. So um, yeah. And then I got the job and moved to Las Vegas and, and I guess the rest is history there. You know, you did say something interesting already about how it's fake it till you make it. And what I like about starting out, especially, I mean, for me and maybe for you too, is something that we have to have is that confidence, that overly confident I'm the best photographer in the world. Because now looking back, it's like, I was terrible. And if yeah. I didn't have that confidence, I wouldn't have pushed forward. Um, and I also tell people from the, like, about the chapel and, like, what helped me the most is it's not a business plan I want forever, but I got to work with photographers like you. And you didn't tell me I sucked every day, but I definitely heard you <laughs> suck every, every single day until you got better. And that might not work for most people, but it was a good environment for me, at least at that point in time. So totally interesting. It- I, I feel I think we're really lucky because a not everybody is going to have an opportunity to work at a wedding chapel. That's mm-hmm. a very unique situation for Las Vegas. Uh, and B, I totally agree with you that it was super beneficial. It wasn't. It was a hard environment. It's mm-hmm. not. Uh, it's not a traditional photography environment. It's not a traditional wedding environment. But what it forced us to do is learn to adapt quickly. And I think when you're talking specifically about wedding photography, Mm. um, that is a situation where you have to learn how to adapt quickly because there is always going to be something unexpected on a wedding day, always. And there's always going to be some curveball that you get thrown as a wedding photographer and you need to very quickly figure out a solution. Um, and that's one of the like high stress parts of being a wedding photographer is you're going into a business where there are moments that you need to capture and there are singular moments that you're not going to be able to get back if you miss them. Mm-hmm. And I, I, there's a ton of things that I could talk about that the wedding chapel taught us and, and, and made us grow in. And, and that's one of them is learning to adapt quickly, uh, um, Gosh, I could just, just even in manual, I didn't use manual before I started working there. And you have sometimes 20 minutes, like you said, and you have to adapt quick. And all of a sudden it's, you have to know what your setting should be in what environment. (laughs) Um, And everyone around you is going to know because everyone edits your photos. So it definitely put you at a position of you better figure it out real quick. Yeah. Yeah. And other people were editing your photos. That was something that I hadn't experienced before. I hadn't experienced being around other photographers and something that is I think so true about every photographer ever in the history of mankind is like, you think that your work is really good Mm -hmm. and you take your work very seriously. Like 
I don't know any photographer who's just like very cavalier about their work. Like, no, they are the most serious artist in the history of mankind. It's so personal because it's part of your like soul that you're bearing. Absolutely. It's, and I had not been around other photographers whose styles were different, who didn't like my style. And, and I hadn't been around criticism in that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's something that uh, the wedding chapel did. You know, we had a team of photographers. We were very tight because we were there so much. And when you were shooting weddings at a Las Vegas wedding chapel, you were shooting like eight weddings a day and they required you to edit all of those weddings same day. You couldn't leave until... Mm-hmm. All of that work was done. And so we were there sometimes 16 hours a day. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I don't know if you guys know, but there are two jobs that you're very, that are important and that you're there a long time for. And it's either being a doctor or being a wedding photographer in Las Vegas. (laughs) (laughs) I like how you put us right up there. That's good. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah. We're very important. Uh, But yeah, so you learned how to adapt quickly to situations. You learned how to get a lot of, a variety in a very short amount of time, as far as posing was concerned, as far as having to do big group photos mm-hmm. and like wrangle all of those guests very quickly. Uh, and then you learn how to adapt to criticism and something else that was really, really, I think beneficial in that environment was that we were always, all of us trying to one up each other. Mm-hmm. And I think as a result, we all grew really quickly because we were always like, oh, I saw that shot. I'm going to do it better next time. (laughs) And it was like this, and it was like a healthy competition, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, I never thought like, I never felt like, oh, F that guy, you know? Uh, No, I didn't either, actually. is better. Yeah. And so I feel like we're really lucky that we had that time at the wedding chapel because that's something that. A lot of photographers aren't going to have the opportunity to have that we we had. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're absolutely growing, right. You know? I know that there are kind of all-inclusive, smaller venues. Well, around here even, I contract through a wedding shop. Uh, it's not it's not like a chapel where I'm shooting every single day. It's contract still. But I would mm-hmm. say that's the closest thing to anything like that. And I would highly suggest that for any wedding photographer out there because you're going to be shooting smaller weddings and it's... I think it's easier mentally to be able to handle it for an hour than those long 15 hour days. Um, yeah, it's, it's a good thing, but yeah, you walk away going, that's not my business model. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I don't recommend it as a long-term, you know, uh, solution for, for survival at all. But Mm -hmm. if you have the opportunity to work at one of those all-inclusive venues, like a wedding chapel, and you're just starting out, I so highly Mm -hmm. recommend it. Absolutely. But it's important. It's important not to get complacent, you know, because you want to move on from those places, you know? Yeah. Cause it can only, I mean, it pushed me and challenged me and I learned so much, but then creative wise and personally, I had to grow beyond that as well. So. Oh, absolutely. Yep. So I know that you said you moved around a couple times and you know, I did as well. So let's kind of move into that. I know starting over is kind of similar to starting out. So what have you found to be one of the hardest things about moving a brand or starting a brand over in a new place? Oh gosh, it's, it's so hard. And, and <laughs> like I'm, I'm like speechless as to even like where to start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we were just talking about this before, you know, you started recording and, mm-hmm. and it, it's, it's a really hard thing to establish a brand and then have to reestablish a brand. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about that. And I was, I was telling you that, you know, 
I moved very shortly before a pandemic hit. And so you talk about starting a business and you touched on this a little bit before, um, as we were chatting before we started recording that it takes a specific amount of time mm-hmm. to actually establish a business. And you were saying three years, Definitely. I've heard it as, as much as five years that it takes, you know, I don't remember who it was. I think it was, I was at WPPI listening to Kenny Kim, who is a great photographer mm-hmm. with a very, very generous heart. And he was saying that he knew just going to business school and, and learning about marketing that it takes up to five years to actually have an established business. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you, you kind of, you go into it, not knowing that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You think you're going to, after your first few clients that that's, that's it, you're established and uh, that's not the case. Yeah. Yeah. So you go into it kind of naive, not knowing that. And then you are like on this journey and then you realize like, you know, three to five years later that you actually do have clients. And so when you're reestablishing your business, you kind of already know that. Mm -hmm. And so it can be discouraging to go, okay, I have to restart and this is how long it's going to take. And yeah, you, you have, you actually have some some tools in your toolkit that are going for you because you have by that time business experience and knowledge of marketing and branding that can help kickstart reestablishing your business. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it can be really really disheartening. Um, Absolutely, you know. yeah. And I think I told you three years just because that's what I've noticed in the past. Um, but. What I noticed different about this move is I knew I was going to be staying here in Florida. And so I think I hit the ground running a little harder, like, okay, let's push that number. Um, but those other, every time I moved prior to that, it took three years and I still wasn't maybe consistent enough. Absolutely. So you're right. Yes. Yeah. It takes work and it takes motivation and um, it's okay to be discouraged too with it. And that's, that's something that I'm myself learning in my own journey, mm-hmm. you know, is like, okay. You can be discouraged. Maybe you need to rest. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because you, know? you got to push it and hustle. And then there's moments where you're like, you just have to work on you and your development as well. Yeah, and it's it's very and it's a very real thing. You know, when I left Las Vegas, I felt like I was doing really really well. I had a lot of goals that I was in the process of achieving mm-hmm. and hadn't quite yet like gotten to exactly where I wanted to be. So everybody has different business goals. And if you haven't thought about them or considered them, that's something that I highly recommend, especially as the the year is winding down and we get into the new year, that's the perfect time to Mm -hmm. start considering what goals you want to have for the next year. And so, um, you know, I had a a lot of goals. I wanted to become an authority in the photography industry um, and in my town. And I had really started making strides towards that Mm -hmm. happening. I was writing for F stoppers online um, I was the head of my uh, Tuesdays Together branch in Las Vegas um, of the Rising Tide Society, which is an amazing uh, organization. If nobody's heard of it, go check it out. Um, and I was consistently getting my ideal clients. I had like niched down my brand mm-hmm. very good so that I was getting the brides I wanted to get. Um, and I was having, you know, uh, other photographers coming to me asking for advice. And and that was something that I really, really wanted to happen, um, for my business. And then we moved. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm so proud of you though, because you were taking that stride and you're still getting work there. You said you just came back. So it's not like you lose everything 
when you're still going back, but it's still hard not to take that away, but. Right, right. And so that, you know, that can be discouraging anytime you have to restart a business. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when you're in that spot, I think it's important to acknowledge to yourself that, yeah, like maybe you've been running, 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 and it's okay to rest. Mm -hmm. And it's okay not to get off the ground running immediately as soon as you move. Um, And that's important because you don't want to get burnout. Yeah, yeah. So you talked about the, how you really got your niche just a few minutes ago. And will you talk about what's a huge way that you learned how to shift into that niche and to attract those clients? Cause you have such a beautiful style. So how did you kind of start to do that? So from pretty much the get go of realizing that I wanted to get into photography and then going and doing a photography internship, the idea of branding was always mentioned. And I remember when I did my internship with Sarah in Chicago, one of the things she did was she took us out to a mall and had us take pictures of like patterns on clothes that really spoke to us and things that we felt like were our style. Mm -hmm. And which by the way, I don't recommend doing because apparently, (laughs) uh, as it turns out, boutiques just don't like it when you come and take pictures of their clothing. <laughs> I believe that. <laughs> they definitely will kick you out for spying on them. Um, that's fine. Looking. That taught you that you're going to be kicked out like in Las Vegas of every hotel. So that's just, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. That prepared me. That prepared me. For that. <laughs> um, I just shot at the Bellagio, by the way, two days ago and did not get kicked Ooh. out. Ooh. Um, because I was actually shooting on behalf of uh, a client who was at one of their wedding chapels. Okay. So bully for me. Yes. Um, when I love that. <laughs> so uh, the idea of branding was something that was brought up from the get-go, but I didn't necessarily understand what that meant. Like I didn't know why we were going and taking pictures of patterns and trying to find things that spoke to us. And I think that, you know, that was good because it kind of planted the seed uh, in my mind of, you know, Sarah going, you need to figure out what's unique about you so you can speak to it to your clients. Mm -hmm. And so it was a really long time coming for me to build my brand. Um, Because when you start off your photography business, you want any and all business Mm -hmm. that comes your way, but it's not sustainable, right? It's not a sustainable thing for you to take any and all business. And you learn that some business is going to make you miserable while other business makes you really happy. Mm -hmm. And you need to learn like what the difference is. Why did I um, not have a good experience with this bride, but I had a great experience with that bride what was different in those two scenarios. And that's when you start to learn that if you brand properly, you're going to attract that bride that made you really happy and exclude that bride who you had a bad experience with. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it was a really, really long process. I mean, like a years long process of figuring out who I like to photograph and who I don't like to photograph and what makes a good experience and what doesn't make a good experience. I, yeah, I love uh, that. And you've done that so well. Like you attract exactly your clients and that's shown every time you post something. I'm like, yep, that's exactly who is going to love her. And that's what you want is people to either love you or kind of be done with you so that you attract the people that you're going to mesh well with and value you. So I love that. Yeah. And it's, it's a learning process because you do have to kind of be brave mm-hmm. about it. 
And you, every photographer will get these inquiries and red flags start going up, (laughs) you know, like, you know what I'm talking about? Like you'll get an inquiry and the person will just say something or want something that you're like, Oh, this might not go great. And it's like this learning process of listening to -hmm. yourself and those red flags and going, Oh no, this is probably not going to be my ideal client. And then having the courage to tell that person, no. Mm -hmm. And I think that goes both ways. uh, Knowing that they're not your ideal client and vice versa. When you start hearing no from people or businesses that it doesn't have to be as personal. You want to find the best fit for whatever your business is doing and growing and but you're right. It's it's hard the first times when you have to tell people no and kind of move on. Yeah, I can actually, I can remember the first time I told a bride no. I remember that whole experience and the fact that I was able to tell her no um, actually made it into a much better experience. And I was scared I was going to lose the business. Yeah. I, you know, that she wanted, she was a model and she wanted a commission of whatever money I made off of her wedding photos. Okay. And a, that's just not how wedding photography works. Like how am I ever going to know what bride booked me as a result of seeing her? Right. Yeah. There's photos? no way. Yeah. You know, and also like, no, I, no, I don't want to give you commission off of my photo. <laughs> and I remember like being so scared and going, Oh my gosh, no, this is not an ideal client. This is not an ideal situation. I don't want to do it. Which, by the way, if like something in your head as someone's talking to you, a potential client, and you're like, no, I don't want to do that. That's a red flag. So don't do it. Um, don't just go with the flow because you want the money or you want the business or you want the portfolio work. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I remember going, oh, my gosh, I don't want to I, I don't want to do this. I'm going to have to tell this bride no and totally stressing about it. And then finally crafting the email and sending it to her and being like, you know, no, I won't do that. And I realized, like, if I'm not the perfect fit for you, I totally understand. And if you want to go in a different direction, I would totally understand with a different photographer. And thank you so much for considering me. And like five minutes later, she wrote back, no, that's okay. We'll totally do it. Where's the contract? You know, like sometimes you, <laughs> you say no. You stress. Yes. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> Never mind. I didn't need to sweat over this quite as bad, but. Yeah, but that's still made an ideal situation. You know? Yeah. So what would be something maybe advice for photographers and and business owners in general, maybe starting out or starting over that they can do ahead of time, whether that's, you know, like just business wise, what they could do. Okay. So I'd say for both people starting out Mm -hmm. and for people who are needing to reestablish themselves, you need to first start researching your market. And what that involves is looking at other photographers' pages. Go look at photographers, local photographers in the market that you're going to be doing your business in, photographers that you like, that you admire. Look at their websites and see what they're doing that you like. Mm -hmm. See where they're shooting. Uh, Look at the venues. Go and start doing your – and I'm sorry, I'm a wedding photographer, so this is going to be specific to – you know, wedding businesses, but you start looking at venues, start looking at venues that you know, you'd like to shoot at. Um, consider reaching out to those venues and asking them if, you know, you can do a piece on them. So you have a wedding photography site. You want to be able to expose your clients to their business. Is it cool if you come and do 
a little piece and take some photos for your blog. Mm -hmm. And what that does is it allows you a way into a venue. It allows you to establish some sort of value with that venue. And in turn, perhaps you can build a relationship with that venue and they'll start recommending you to their couples. Mm -hmm. And so you're looking for ways to uh, make it into that local market. You're looking for uh, things that you want. It's totally okay to look at other photographers' websites and say, wow, I want to be where they're at. What are they doing? Where are they going? Um, I would say, like, don't be underhanded about it. I know that a lot of photographers will, like, secretly reach out as, like, fake. Right. Clients. and Yeah. Yeah. Fake inquiries. Don't do that. Definitely, like, build integrity with your fellow photographers. Um, reach out, you know, some photographers are going to say no, and some photographers are going to be totally willing. Um, but for every nine no's, you're going to get one yes. And that yes is going to be super beneficial. Mm -hmm. And that goes for anybody that you're reaching out to photographers, venues, other vendors that you could work with, like makeup artists or videographers, DJs. These are all like ways that you can reach out in your local community and your local market Mm -hmm. to start establishing or reestablishing yourself. It goes for both. Absolutely. And I, and I still do that. I mean, it's still a new place to me, but I saw an event pop up the other day that was super girly and feminine and like bubbly cutesy. And I was like, that's it where I need to be. And, and I don't do free shoots normally, but if there's, you know, a vendor that I think we could both help one another out, I think it's, it's an always thing. You always want to be reaching out. It's not just while you're building. Um, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's important to, to ask yourself why you're doing something, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. You don't normally do free shoots, but if it's going to benefit you, mm-hmm. uh, then yeah, do it. Um, you have to keep considering your end goal in yeah. mind, you know, like, yeah, no, I don't want to go and take like interior photos for businesses. That's not my end goal goal. Like I don't want to do that as a business model, but if it means me taking free photos and giving it to a venue and them going, Oh, I remember this photographer. They were very professional. Um, I'm going to add them to my preferred vendors list, you know, Mm -hmm. and you eventually getting a couple from it, then that free photo shoot paid for itself. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people are scared to do that. Even not photographers, just other business owners, because hearing no is scary. Like we talked about earlier, but it's, one, we can do it cold marketing. A lot of it's from email now. You don't have to go into all the businesses. And so right. I still hear no all the time, and it, it doesn't hurt my feelings. You just know that, like you said, nine will say no, and if you didn't try, but that tenth one is is going to say yes. And they're the ones who help build as well. So I love that. Yeah, and I think a lot of photographers are scared of rejection, and a lot of photographers are also introverts mm. and go into photography business because it's it's more comfortable to be behind a camera. Um, and people, I get asked that a lot. Like I'm an introvert. How do I build my business? You do it by just going out of your comfort zone. The more Mm -hmm. you do it, the more comfortable you become with it, Absolutely. you know, and also, you know, going back to reestablishing and or establishing your business too. If you're discouraged in the moment, especially this is for people reestablishing, it's okay to take a break. It's okay to take a break, reassess where you're at give yourself time and then go for it. Because if you don't and you're feeling discouraged, you're just going to burn yourself out. You're not going to want to do it anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Now I don't mean to turn away from the subject, but earlier (laughs) you were going to share with us (laughs) 
where you're currently <laughs> recording. And I just, I really have been thinking about that, this conversation. So this whole conversation and you've just been imagining it. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you had me imagine your hand movements and all of that. So I think you should tell everyone, like, the reason I want you to tell is I think photographers especially think they need all the gear all the time right away. And you have great gear and you build gear and you're a tech nerd and I love it. But to just start, I don't think we always need everything. And today, some tech wasn't working quite right or the house wasn't open. So tell everyone where you're currently recording with me. <laughs> you thought I had to be professional. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I'm in long socks and pajamas. It's not a big deal. Uh, I, well, I'm wearing a bra. so. Oh, uh, see, I'm not. I'm really not. <laughs> I know. That was the requirement when we talked about this. There were like three things mm -hmm. that I, I said I would not and would be doing. And it was, I wasn't going to wear pants. I wasn't going to wear a bra and I was going to be drinking alcohol. And I, none of those came to fruition because oh. I'm hungover. Um, <laughs> I am not drinking alcohol. I'm definitely wearing pants and I'm wearing a bra. So I'm a huge disappointment, but you came really you, with it today. I like that. Oh God, I can't believe it. When you reached out yesterday, you said like, Hey, can you know, would you want to do this podcast tomorrow? And I said, yeah, absolutely. I, um, had just flown back from Vegas. So, uh, you know, I, the, it's an eight hour drive from where I live to where I work. And so I fly out <laughs> and for every wedding and I do at, like at least a one wedding a weekend. So I'm constantly flying to Vegas. I was really, really tired. I had not any sleep because I was doing a reception till like midnight the night before and then had to get up at five to fly back to Reno. And then you reached out and so in my tired stupor, I was like, yeah, absolutely. I'm totally available. But I'm did so not sorry. Realize. No, no, no. No, like it's totally, uh, yeah, I absolutely wanted to do this. I was super psyched. But totally forgot that, A, um, I don't live alone. And right now with the pandemic, we're all working from home. Mm -hmm. It's tricky. <laughs> and, and constantly I'm in client meetings or, you know, randomly mm -hmm. doing podcasts with BFFs. And, um so I forgot that I was not going to be the only person in a virtual meeting <laughs> today. And the other thing was is that I, we're having work done on the house. And so there's a, a, like, I swear, I don't know what they have in the bathroom upstairs, but it sounds like a jackhammer. So my only viable option <laughs> for doing this podcast was to go in my car in the garage. And it's very hot in here. And I didn't want my computer to die because I just knew it would be my luck. And then I, I would totally met, like ruin the podcast. So I'm feeding my I'm feeding my computer charger through a crack in the window across the way to the wall. It totally is going to clothesline anybody who tries to walk by. And I'm holding a microphone because I wanted to sound professional. And I'm trying really hard not to move around. So there's like no shuffling. So, yes. And I have my head covered. Um, buy a sweatshirt just so it'll muffle. <laughs> I really wish I could just see that. I love you more and more. So the reason I brought that up is, like I said, you don't always need to be in the perfect situation. But there are, are podcast uh, hosts that I listen to that still record in their closets or in their car, and they're making millions mm -hmm. a year. So to me, I'm like, that is the perfect like situation to show that it doesn't need to be perfect for it to just to get done. And I just, I love yeah. that vision in my head of you sitting in your vehicle. So that's why I had to, had to say it. I love it. It'd be better if I wasn't wearing pants, but alas. 
I know. <laughs> next time. No pants next <laughs> okay. time. Okay. Um, but kind of more into gear, what is your, right now, your go-to camera and lens equipment today? And then after that, I want you to kind of suggest some important ones people should start investing in if they're just starting. So today, my go-to setup is a Canon 5D Mark IV with a 70 to 200 attached to it. Mm -hmm. And then my backup camera is a 5D Mark III with a either 24 to 70 or a 17 to 40 attached to it. Okay. Um, In wedding photography, I think it's really important to have versatility as an option. And when you're moving about, you don't have the luxury of, you know, switching out a bunch of prime lenses. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's important to have zoom lenses. And we could talk all day about like tech snobby photographers who are like, I only shoot prime because <laughs> the images are just superior. And that's fine. You do your boo. But in Vegas, <laughs> in a fast-paced wedding environment, an elopement environment, which, by the, by the way, I think it would be important to mention that I niched down and specialize in elopements, mm-hmm. adventure elopements. And so um, you're not always in a big space where you can use a prime lens. And um, your things change very quickly in a wedding. So I use two uh, zoom lenses, a nice portrait lens in my 70 to 200 and then a nice wide angle or ultra wide angle, depending on what situation I'm walking into. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as what I think is important for people to start investing in, I think the number one mistake photographers make when they're starting out is that they think the body, the, the camera body is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. And it's not. Your, your lenses and, and the glass that you shoot with are going to make all the difference. And so if you have the opportunity to put your money one place, I would say invest in an entry level body and then start investing in nicer lenses. Mm-hmm. Um, your kit lens that you start with is made to be the most versatile thing because when people invest in a consumer level camera with a kit lens, that camera is made to appeal to a wide variety of photographers, people who want to do sports photography, people who want to do portrait photography, people who want to do wedding photography. And you have to remember that with your camera. So what you need to start doing is investing in lenses that are going to be beneficial to what niche you're going to be in. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You're right about that. I think the 24 to 70 and 70 to 200 are, I mean, they're remarkable still for years. And I think eventually they should be in every wedding photographer's case. Um, And I know you and I have talked about the 50 millimeter to start just a cheap, but Mm -hmm. pretty quality lens. Um, It changes everything. Yes. Yeah. So that's the first one past the kit that I'm always like, get that, you know? (laughs) <laughs> get that. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, you don't have to break the bank to get started with, with good stuff. You're absolutely right. The Nifty 50 is like the, the lens that 100% should be your first lens investment, especially if you don't have a lot of money going into it. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a prime lens, which, you know, that's fine because you're still the, the, the 50 mil is still wide enough to be able to get um, some versatile images right. and to be able to help you work in, in an environment um, and not feel stuck with, with a prime lens. Um, but you, you know, also look at other brands of lenses. Yeah. Sigma's There's come out many, with some great ones too, as, uh, as well as 
Yeah. Tamron too. And there's too many purists in photography. I think, um, if, if a company makes a good quality lens with good reviews, buy it. It doesn't have to be the, the brand of the, the photography equipment that you have with your, your camera. If, if it's good and it has good reviews, buy it. Young Nuo is another one that hmm. I don't think it's enough love. Like, first of all, let's just brag on Young Nuo for a second. It's the same. Uh, I under, okay. I, I could totally be lying, but as I understand it, it's the same. <laughs> Uh, uh, I'm losing my words now, like plant where they do Canon and Nikon. Oh, really? And so, yeah. And so I, from what I've heard is it's like the off brand. And so it has the same innards, it has the same components as these high end brands. Um, but it's just the off brand. And mm-hmm. so it's way cheaper and everything I've ever bought by young Nuo has just held up so well. And they're making flashes they're making lenses. They have a nifty 50. That's really nice um, and way cheap. So, you know, look at off brands. Yeah, you're right. Um, I think there was like a stigma around it, especially when we were working with so many other photographers. I stuck to my brand um, uh-huh. until you later. Talk about it? Yeah, until later. And then I was like, you know what? No, I wanted a 14 millimeter and an 85 and I went Sigma and they're beautiful. So, yeah. They really do good. I mean, it's unfortunate that you shoot Nikon, but um, I knew you'd say that at some point. (laughs) (laughs) And I actually just went mirrorless for the first time last year. So that's been a huge adjustment. What's your mirrorless? The Z7, still Nikon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the only thing different with that is I can still use all my old lenses. I just have the adapter. So yeah, that's Mm -hmm. something I love about Nikon. Anywho, we won't talk about it. But Canon has a great one too. I just was listening to a podcast that they talked about it. They have a great adapter. I went um, mirrorless, but I went with Fujifilm. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. All right. Mm, yeah. I, don't, I haven't, I need to break it out, but I broke it. And so I need to send it in and just have it. <laughs> I understand. I have one of mine too. It's been sitting there for months <laughs> to send out. It just is awful. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so kind of moving into, I know we talked about how we should build a business or some things to kind of start off, but what's, are some ways that a photographer can focus on building their portfolio, like how to reach out or how to build that specific portfolio? Uh, I would say start reaching out to photographers and offering to be a second shooter. Mm. If you are really desperately needing to build your portfolio, I wouldn't worry about pay. Obviously, yes, your time is valuable, but you need to, again, go back to your why. Why are you asking to do this. It's not to make money. It's to build your portfolio so you can eventually make money. So I think the best way for photographers to build their portfolio is to start reaching out to other photographers who are already established. Offer yourself for free and then ask up front, make sure that you're able to keep the images and use them for your portfolio. That's a great tidbit. That's wonderful. I love that. Because you're absolutely right because they're already getting the clients and the space and if something happens, it's okay. You know, you're not completely out. So, yeah. And I, th- I think I would get a little bit of flack for saying, you know, offer to do it for free, but yeah, your time, I think it's important to reiterate. Yes. Your time is valuable. You should be getting paid, mm-hmm. but when you're reaching out to photographers to build your portfolio, it's not to get paid. It's to build your portfolio. Yes, and yeah. so, yeah, I absolutely think that people deserve money for their craft, but if you're starting to build, Think of it in terms of what's going to be most beneficial. Photographers are going to say yes to free help. Yep. Um, and in return, you're getting portfolio images. But it is important to be upfront. Make sure that you are 
putting out your intentions that you're doing it to build your portfolio. And may you please also end up using the images you take at their wedding for your portfolio. Mm -hmm. That's important. No, you're absolutely right. I love that advice. That's great. Um, And I agree with you about doing stuff for free at first, because I think any artistic kind of hobby turning business, there has to be some sort of give, unfortunately, at first, where you're still learning and you're still not sure if it can be a business or be viable that way. So unfortunately, being free-ish or relatively cheap at first is going to be helpful for you. So yeah, yeah and, and I think being upfront too to photographers and also clients about where you're at in mm-hmm. your photography journey is super important as well. Uh, a lot of photographers, when they're starting out and they're shooting their first wedding, they're really nervous that mm-hmm. they're going to miss something. Um, but if you set that expectation up front with, with a couple, then it's going to be much less painless if you do end up missing something. You're right. saying, hey, just so you know, I am just starting out. So this is going to be my first or my second wedding and setting that expectation up front is going to make for a much better experience for you and for the client. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's going to take some pressure off of you to pretend that you have shot a bajillion weddings up until that point. Right. It's okay. It's okay to share with people where you're at. Yeah. Well, because there's clients for that as well. There's clients who just want some photos. So that's a, a great opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. And it's going to set you up for success in the long run. Mm hmm. So I just have a couple more questions. One is, what's maybe something that people assume about photography business that isn't true? Well, that we're um, rolling in the the money. Ooh, yet. Not yet. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, We are rolling in the money. No. Um, That that all a photographer does is show up and take photos. Mm-hmm. And why, why does it cost that much? <laughs> I, I uh, still get that question constantly from new people who aren't informed. And it's always interesting that I get to give the spiel that uh, I teach it everything it knows. Cause it's kind of stupid without me. So, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Uh, I think that's probably the biggest misconception mm-hmm. is that a photographer just shows up and shoots the photos and then we're done. Yeah. And it's just so much more than that. Mm -hmm. As anybody who's dabbled in, in any type of photography will know. I mean, you could say that you could say that there's hidden time and overhead for both film or digital photography. Right. So when, when you're valuing yourself, you have to take into account, not just when you're showing up to do the shoot, but how much time it's going to take for you to edit, Mm -hmm. what sort of overhead you have. If you are a film photographer, what that's going to look like as far as cost and, and, um, and film and um, taking your film to the lab or sending it in Um, any sort of subscription services that you have to pay for, for delivery of the images to your client, Mm -hmm. any sort of business expenses like insurance and business licensing, all that stuff costs money. And it's okay to tell a client that, you know, Mm -hmm. you'll get that question. You'll 100% go, uh, why are you more expensive than this other photographer? Right. And you just want to be like, shut up, shut up. (laughs) I don't have to tell, I don't have to tell you, but you can't say, you know, because I try to, uh, I run my business with pride. I try to take care of my clients in the best way possible. And because of that, there's more time put into your images than you see Mm -hmm. uh, of me behind the camera. And, um, as a result, I'm just a little bit more expensive because of that. I think one of your many strengths that you have is not only being completely just 
so funny and goofball and wonderful that way. Um, but you're also really good at, at switching it to professional. And I think that's something that makes you such a wonderful business person and photographer as well, because you make people feel so comfortable um, by just being silly you by getting run over by taxis and parking lots or whatever that looks like. Um, but you truly have such a passion for business as well. And you do such a great job. So I just wanted to let you know that I, I still look up to you as such an amazing photographer. So, well, don't anyway. stop. Keep going. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, um, there's lots, but I recently <laughs> told somebody the story about you getting run over by a taxi, which is why it was fresh in my brain. That's why I had to say that. <laughs> do, um, do you have, a, do you have a website for your, for this podcast? I do. Yes, of course. I just feel like we need to put the video up there for people. Oh yeah. So you send it over to me. I'll put it right in the notes and in the, um, the blog post about it as well. Mm-hmm. You sound way too excited. Oh, I'm so excited. I was trying to explain it, so now I can't wait to have it. So, yes, if you want to see poor Jeanette getting run over by a taxi in the chapel parking lot, you'll get to see it in the notes. Where, might I add, there were like 50 onlookers and no one rushed to help, but it's fine. I'm not bitter. Not, still not angry about it seven years later. Still yeah. not angry at all. Uh, cool. So... What is a book that you're loving right now? I know you read kind of nerdy stuff. Is there anything business related that you've been loving? <laughs> Not just Harry Potter. Like I was trying to move away from that. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I am the worst nonfiction reader. So I, I'm so sorry. I'm you're kidding. <laughs> but you are such an yeah. avid reader. I thought you'd be like, yeah, I've read 10 yesterday. Yeah, I have to take my books. Uh, nonfiction books and bits and pieces. And, but I have surrounded myself with people. I'm married to someone who is obsessed, absolutely obsessed with self-help books <laughs> and books on business and leadership. And so I get, I get all of my book knowledge indirectly. <laughs> I love that. That's just as but, helpful. You just get the tidbits but, of everything, the important parts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing is there's this like lie that in order to be successful, you have to be into all these books. And yeah, absolutely. 100%. It's probably super, super helpful. But if you're like me and only love reading things like Harry Potter, um, (laughs) a really good, there's alternative ways to digest your information. And one of the ways that I do that is through podcasts. Absolutely. Um, as, as well as, you know, videos, um, on YouTube and and all that stuff and following photographers. And then I like to digest, like I said, my information in small bits. And so articles online, websites like F stoppers. And by the way, I, I am unbiased. I don't write for them anymore, but they are a really great resource and other websites like theirs, um, for, for information for people. And then, you know, Harry Potter, obviously. And that really helps. Yes. Yeah. Well, that helps get your niche because everyone, knows that you love Harry Potter. So they're going to connect with you on that anyway. I, I, that's one of my onboarding questions for, um, new inquiries that come in. So when people inquire on my website, as soon as they hit send on the inquiry, they get a follow-up email with a questionnaire, which is all part of my automated process. Mm -hmm. And one of the questions on there is a Harry Potter question, (laughs) but it's, it's designed, it's designed to me to figure out if it's an ideal client or not. Because one of the, I, I asked what Hogwarts house the couple is or what Hogwarts house the person is, you know, whoever's inquiring. 
And it's, they have five options. So obviously there's only four Hogwarts houses that they can choose from. And then the fifth option is what's a Hogwarts house. And I know <laughs> if somebody chooses that option, I'm like, no, oh, you might not be my fit. You I think I'm busy that day. Yeah, that's- <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's I good. mean, I'm not going to talk to you. You don't know right. who Slytherin is. That I love that. I, that's, those are the things that I absolutely love about you. <laughs> I mean, there's so many, but those are some of them. So you kind of already touched on resources then, but what are maybe a couple resources or tools that you recommend for uh, photographers to help launch or continue their knowledge or business or all that? You mentioned F-stoppers. Um, uh, groups, photography groups on Facebook um, are going to be like so invaluable. Mm-hmm. Just having a community and a support system of people who are like-minded and trying to get into the business or are already established Um that's probably going to be the biggest uh, tool in your toolbox just getting started. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of groups, Facebook groups. There's going to be a ton of local groups. Just uh, wherever you're at, there's, I already know there's going to be a photography group for your area. Yeah. Jump in, get in there. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Um, there will be someone who wants to help and, and loves to help building their community. If you are intimidated by all of the techie um, talk, like you don't feel like you know that much yet as far as like the tech side of photography is, is, is concerned, I would get involved in a photography group that is more focused on business or marketing. There's all sorts of different photography groups that you can be a part of. There's um, photography groups for photographers seeking models, for models seeking photographers, mm-hmm. for photographers growing businesses photographers by marketing, photographers wanting to share their equipment and everything that they have and learning technique, get involved in all of them and then find your tribe of people who you feel most comfortable with. Um, I I know I already mentioned the rising tide society before Mm -hmm. Um, they have local Tuesdays together groups all over the country. They're all over the world. Actually, their whole mission is to bring community together, community over competition. Mm-hmm. And so if you're feeling intimidated and don't feel like you can find if other photographers willing to help, try looking for a Tuesdays Together group or groups like that um, because you will find them. And if you don't necessarily find something uh, local straight away, there are lots of national photographer groups that you can join. But um, Facebook, which I'm a huge hypocrite because I don't like Facebook at all. I don't like social media. Um, but Facebook, their, their group platform is really the most robust out there. I Mm -hmm. feel, um, for connecting. I agree with that. That's, that's a huge help. Absolutely. Um, so I want to know where we can find and stock your absolutely gorgeous wedding photography. So tell us where we can find you on all the things, even the social medias you hate. (laughs) Uh, so I am most active on Instagram and my handle is ridiculously long. It's Amberlight underscore collective underscore photo. Um, and then amberlightcollective.com is my website. Uh, those are probably the two biggest platforms that I am on. Yeah. And I think it's funny. You, I mean, everyone needs to go and follow your stuff because it's, it's such a huge inspiration board. And if you want to laugh and talk Harry Potter, that's a good place to go to, I suppose. So I would, I would be fine with, with that. <laughs> I should just have a whole new Instagram account dedicated to Harry Potter. Maybe you don't Please. already. I, I'm not going to tell you. Okay. I'm not gonna tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so I would love to have you on again and maybe talk more business because I know that you're so 
knowledgeable in that. So I won't ask any more today, but I just thank you so much, Jeanette. I missed you so much, and I'm so glad that you I came I missed on. you. We're terrible friends. We need to talk more. I know we are. It's like once a year. <laughs> How's it going? That's about it. Hi. But, but it's a testament, I think, to our friendship because we always pick right back up. Absolutely. As if no time has passed. Yeah, you're right. I think that's important. So, well, I'm going to let you go off of this episode, but thank you again, Jeanette. I love you, Shauna Bahama Mama. <laughs> Now you can see just a little glimpse of why I have to keep this amazing woman around forever. She's stuck. So thank you again, Danette. And yes, we're already planning the next time she's going to be on the Shine Podcast where she will be talking about branding in the future too, which I cannot wait for. So excited. So go follow her. Her business is Amber Light Collective, which I will share in the notes, of course. And I hope today you feel a little bit more encouraged, had a few laughs, and also left with some tools and resources for your photography business. As always, keep shining. Thank you so much for listening to The Shine Podcast. If you loved today's episode, share it with a friend. For show notes or any notes from past episodes, head to DaVista Photography, that's D-A-V-I-S-T-A photography.com forward slash blog for downloads, codes, and more. And as always, be the light the world needs. Smile, sparkle, and shine.